0: Right. This is Dark Days Radio, episode number 125, talking about Gehenna Gaming, one of the uh, premier online and real-life uh, gaming organizations supporting uh, V5 and other horror games. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and tonight I'm joined by, of course, Chris. How's it going, Chris?
1: Uh, pretty good, yeah. Uh, had have uh, f- been having fun recording other stuff, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute.
0: Yeah, definitely. And also joining us is Ian from Gehenna Gaming, one of the uh, founders of it. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Really psyched to have you here on the show. Uh, we've been talking quite a bit, and there's a lot of very exciting stuff going on with Gehenna Gaming that a lot of other people can get involved with. And uh, I think we're going to cover that and talk about your organization itself uh, quite a bit here on this show. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. But before we get to that, uh we, of course, start off every show with a game update. So, Chris, what kind of gaming have you been doing lately? Oh, I've done some roleplay
1: stuff. So obviously at Fanboy 3, we did the Halloween uh, Warhammer fantasy roleplay scenario, which was the uh, Hell Comes to Halt, which was, uh, again, trying to tap into some folk horror. Uh and uh that went really really well uh, chaos spawns you know headless horseman that kind of crap going down uh and then uh today just got in a game of necromunda using the enforcers uh using the rulebook um was at the Book of Judgment so they're a um, Enforcers are basically what Adeptos bites used to do in commander before there were some setting changes mm. uh, and Enforcers are badass because they can basically take bolt guns as standard and ammo is not rare for them so ammo checks are easy and they just gun people down and um, And then, of course, the other thing, which is less gaming but more, uh, but also related to those things, is last night, and it is now out on the feed. Anyway, is Dark Hammer episode zero, where myself and David Whitworth talk about what we plan to do with uh, Dark Hammer, which is a uh, a show format for dark days radio which will cover the three worlds of warhammer so warhammer 40k warhammer fantasy and warhammer age of sigma where we'll look at the setting content but from a role play game perspective so no metagame crap about rules for tournaments and stuff like that
0: yeah yeah definitely i think that's an awesome idea i mean we've talked about warhammer uh settings quite a bit here on the show we had some uh some actual plays, uh, recorded games, and that sort of thing. And I think it really just makes sense to expand a bit more into uh, talking about Warhammer uh, as a role-playing setting, which is uh, not really done on a lot of other podcasts. Uh, they might cover it occasionally, but uh, having like deep dives, really getting some good analysis is uh, pretty rare. So There's a lot of actual play podcasts out there that cover
1: Warhammer, and obviously actual play podcasts, there's a lot of them out there these days given you know have a critical role and la by night and everyone is trying to is obviously wanting to emulate that uh and i think yeah it'll be good to get into the nitty-gritty of it because those worlds as experienced through the war games and how you experience the worlds as part of the RPG or the, or the literature, you know, the novels is very different. And so that's kind of what we're aiming for. And of course, how that narrative can actually also feed back into the war games because there's no no reason for you not to play
0: very narratively based upon some of these topics. Awesome stuff. Ian, are you uh, familiar at all with uh, Warhammer or 40 K at all?
2: You seem like the type, you know, only uh, like kind of from the outskirts. Uh, I had a roommate in college who was really into 40K and he kind of got me into looking at the setting, but I've never played it. Uh, very interested in the in Warhammer Fantasy. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: And with the new edition that just came out, uh, it's really accessible at the moment. You can actually find the books, which is usually, usually one of the problems. Yeah. <laughs> <you play>. it's, <laughs> it's tough to find all those books.
1: I mean, the other thing is also I'm—I have to admit, you know, obviously I'm doing the podcast from a very um, biased <laughs> self-promotion kind of angle as well, because I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm writing on the 40k RPG as well. So uh, that I believe there's a lot of crunch time going on right now because uh, the revised rulebook for 40k will come out
0: from Cubicle Seven. Don't know when. I'll find out at Dragon meat, I I expect. <laughs> Cool. Fair enough. And speaking of Dragon Meat, uh, Chris, you, we've got some uh, conventions coming up, don't we?
1: Oh, there is so much going on. So Dragon Meat is November 30th in London at the Novotel uh, Hotel in Hammersmith. It is run by Modifius, and obviously there are people there like Cubicle 7, Kersium, uh Free League uh inside the box games all these other uh, a lot of uk and small independent brands uh the guys behind sins uh the rpg yeah there's a lot of stuff there there'll be guests like in livingston there uh there will be uh panels there will be uh the podcast zone which is various podcasters for role play games will be there we are there as part of the podcast zone so we are playing we are running a live play now whether that's just audio or it's going to turn into video as well, of Wrath and Glory using miniatures as well, because myself and Dave Whitworth have a good collection of nicely painted things. So we will be running that. And then I will be running a uh, demo, uh, I will put on the sign-up thing, uh, of uh, Vampire 5th Edition uh, using the new scenario that I'm writing called Project Blacklight. And then on top of that as well, I'm waiting for the time slot to be narrowed down but we will be uh, i am running a panel so uh, we will be getting guests to talk about horror rpgs and we're looking at some sort of topical theme that is obviously universal across all of our guests games and i think oh and also we're writing an article that's going to be in
0: the dragon beat program about horror rpgs So, yeah, that's all blown up massively. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, you've been going there for a number of years and doing a lot of great stuff there. So it definitely makes sense that uh, things are growing and you get more involved. And, uh, yeah, in addition to that, we also have upcoming uh, PAX Unplugged. And we'll have a small presence there. Um, It's uh, December 6th through 8th in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, a lot of great companies will be there. Onyx Path, Modiphius, uh, Free League all demoing games, running games, and uh, just being there and uh, you know, being accessible. And you can talk to them. Hopefully, I'll get a couple uh, interviews secured. But uh, more importantly, uh, I'm going to be running two games with Gehenna Gaming, of which uh, Ian is a, a member. So Ian, can you kind of just give a quick primer before we get into our main interview of uh, what's going on with Gehenna Gaming at PAX Unplugged?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we are going to be the only group running Vampire The Masquerade 5th Edition at PAX Unplugged. Uh, we're going to have four tables set up throughout the day over in the uh, RPG room. Um, I think we're in the same room as Chaosium and uh, Magpie. And you'll be able to catch us. We'll be running um, original content, one-shots, throughout the day, uh, three-hour blocks. And we're hoping to just Spread the good word about vampires. <laughs>
0: yeah, right on, right on. Yeah, previously at PAX Unplugged, there was, uh, the first year, there was a huge room filled with uh, people running and demoing V5. Uh, that was really exciting. It was a beta test going on. Uh, but last year, there was very little Vampire going on. Just a couple of people doing free play tables. So it's really exciting to have you guys showing up at PAX Unplugged and uh, Really just bringing such a, a steady presence uh, for Vampire the Masquerade,
2: really exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm personally very excited to go because I haven't been to Unplugged yet. I've only been to PAX East because I live in Boston. And I'm very interested in seeing how they run a tabletop only because when I go to PAX East, I pretty much just hang out in the tabletop area.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a little bit different than PAX East, but uh, it still has that same familiar PAX feel. So a lot of really excited people, positive people. And uh, it's just a great time. But I think that's enough with uh, PAX at the moment. And let's just kind of dive into uh, Gehenna Gaming a little bit uh, and uh, do a quick interview and uh, find out what you guys are all about.
2: Where to start? So. Gehenna Gaming is dedicated to horror gaming specifically. Uh, We want to provide unique horror game experiences for fans of tabletop, live action, online gaming, uh, really exploring traditional and live action role playing through that lens of the horror genre. so we began about a year and a half ago now. Um, we kind of had the idea of doing a shared canon in V5. So this was before V5 was officially out, but after they had announced it. And we we were all involved in a V20 game. And we, we knew we wanted to jump into V5 as soon as it came out. We were like, what if we all run a game, recruit new players, and then the th- events happening in each of our games our canon to the other games. And that way, if players want to bounce between tables or explore things going on in different cities, they can just join one of the other sessions for a one-off. And then that kind of snowballed into what we've become today, which is we have multiple local games running. Um, I'm running a Providence by Night game. All these games are set in the New England area, which is where we're from, I should mention. Um, and then we're also, obviously, we have the PAX Unplugged presence. We have an online president presence. We have a Twitch stream now. And we have a lot of stuff planned for that. And then um, we also have a pretty busy 2020, it's going to look like. We're excited. Um, but it's really about opening up the world of horror gaming to people who are either already huge fans of it or who maybe haven't been part of it or have had bad experiences and showing them how to uh, enjoy the genre from a, a safe place. So what would
1: you say makes your interpretation and an expression of V5 within this kind of these shared universe games that you're you're running compared to say other similar games that people can view, uh, like LA by Night, and the uh, you know other similar online kind of V five games that people are putting out on Twitch streams or putting out as podcasts, or things like you know By Night Studios kind of interpretations of Vampire. So, what do you think? Yeah, basically, what are you kind of think? What are you driving for most in your in your Vampire games and wanting to express the most?
2: I think the big thing for us is it's not something to view. It's something to participate yeah. in. Um, you know, our goal is to create games for for people who are fans of l a by night or um, you know people who larp but don't have a good tabletop group to join. We're opening that up both regionally and online and saying we have games for you to play in. Um, and if we don't have a game for you to play in, we, we now have your info, and we'll get one started up soon. Um, for us, it's been more of a, how do we create the space for people who don't have the opportunity? Um, it, which kind of stemmed from the fact that where we, where we are, um, Vampire wasn't all that popular. Uh, we were one of the only groups we knew of, playing it. And we wanted to kind of just spread it around the region um, throughout Northeast US and introduce people to it who either played it back in the day and didn't know it was still really going on or um, never heard of it before at all. And then that kind of expanded to the online gaming world, um, which is where we've seen a lot of interest um, for people who don't have gaming groups in their area or or, uh, people who live in semi-remote areas of the u.s or even europe um and their entire focus is online and we're giving them um something a little bit different from what they're either able to watch or experience themselves with that shared universe you know what happens in one game can impact what happens at all the other games or maybe it doesn't have an impact but if you have high enough status or fame or have built your character to be very um World-renowned that can carry over, and maybe your character appears as a SPC in one of the other games. Uh, so it's kind of that cross-table shared experience that we are really trying to deliver on.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really cool and interesting because you know when you're just running an independent uh, table tabletop game of Vampire the Masquerade or another World of Darkness game or another horror game, uh, the only things that you hear about outside of that. Um, Uh, that, you know, table story are things that the storyteller introduces. It might say, oh, well, there's something going on with the Sabbat in New York City, for example. But when you have this sort of shared universe with all these different games going on, you can hear about it through other channels, maybe through your Discord channel or something like that. Uh, And you hear that, ooh, something's going on up in uh, Poughkeepsie, or maybe there's some movement going on up in uh, Salem, Massachusetts. And I think that's really interesting just to kind of bring a more uh, expanded experience, uh, which people can take with them, you know, outside the table a little bit
2: absolutely um we hosted a um, multi-table game crossover event uh, earlier this year that went amazingly we had players from the game that i run locally and then players from a game that happens up in new hampshire get together at a central location and we ran a multi uh two-part game the Myself and the storyteller who runs that other game kind of took turns uh, with the story and ran to just this continuous arc where the players from my game had traveled up to the city that his game took place in to kind of explore a subplot in my game, but really what's kind of the main plot in his game. And it was really fun. All the players had a blast. Um, and they, it gave them something to kind of talk about Outside of the game, like you said, but also um, kind of added new plot points to both games that they were able to explore after the fact.
1: Is it, I mean, the other thing is, um, you know, the idea of having player characters eventually become possibly SPCs. Is there, I mean, the other thing is, it reminds me of, say, things like LA, uh, not LA by night, by, you know, by night studios and all the kind of more LARPing kind of um, events. Is there, is there, what's the added? operational kind of overhead to make sure everything feels consistent or someone's character isn't getting its, you know, treading on someone's toes with their character and kind of removing their agency because of events that have occurred elsewhere or their
2: character being used without their knowledge kind of thing. There's two ways that we've kind of thought about combating that. One is actually causing us to restructure our approach to the shared universe. Currently, we're working on a overarching lore Bible of sorts that will really inform all of the storytellers of what's happening on a regular basis um, and give them those guidelines for using shared SPCs. But um, the other thing is uh, we don't allow player characters become SPCs until the player is done playing that character. So, say, um, in the game I'm running Providence by Night, uh, we have a Caitiff, uh, Roxy, who's very famous, but I wouldn't I wouldn't use or allow the other storytellers to use that character as an SPC in their games until that character has officially been retired by the player and who and says, okay, she's now a mainstay in the Providence area. And she can be used to influence events in other games, but if she's actively being played by that player, we wouldn't want, like you said, kind of the loss of player agency for things that have happened in other other tables. Yeah,
0: that's that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, right, Mike. Next question. Yeah, more more a comment to follow up. Yeah, I think it's interesting that uh, you know Gehenna Gaming has created this sort of, you know. It's own universe in some ways. Uh when that's been kind of a trend with uh Vampire Fifth Edition. Um, you know, there's obviously the tabletop meta plot that exists, but uh LA by night and Bloodlines 2, and I guess the Seattle by Night thing that Penny Arcade's doing are gonna be their own uh they're kind of their own little universe. By Night Studios has their own meta plot going on. And of course, there's like the Elysium Chronicles that were just announced that uh um, you know, high mm-hmm a uh, deluxe experience LARP uh, that's going to be going on here in the United States. So do you think that kind of trend of having these like simultaneous universes, I don't know, kind of a boon to, to Gehenna Gaming, is that something you saw and you decided to do this? Or did you kind of have the uh, the idea independently
2: of everything else that's going on? One thing that we've done is the events in that are on the LA by Night show are canon at our games. So we are focusing... On making sure that if the events that happen on that show is what's going on in la in our universe and we can incorporate characters or spcs from that as needed um, obviously while keeping mindful that events on that show could sh- affect things like that and then in order to avoid having to retcon stuff happening in either official books or la by night we we've kind of stayed hyper focused on the new england area so all of the lore and all of the um meta plot that we're writing is focused on boston providence manchester just this area up here in the northeast
1: i mean that's that's kind of the what's evolved out of um the demos that um that we've run isn't it mike because we use with all the um settling in manchester uk it's it's separate. It's there's a degree of separation, and uh, I guess future proofing a little bit against whatever turns up in Fall of London, and away from all of the very U.S. centric kind of plot lines. Um, and while I'm not actively involved in the organisation of it, um, so Fanboy Three and Now they they do games based off the uh, scenarios that I've run. So the, those chronicles carry on. So. They've worked as jumping points, so again, they're consistent within their own selves without having to worry about so and so SPC dying out in the I don't know Middle East or out in
2: Texas or something. Yeah, cool. Biggest challenge that we've encountered and are working on trying to address is yeah. um, pacing. So, if one person runs their game every week and another person runs their game every other week, how do you keep the the plot progressing at about the same pace. We worked out a a fairly decent way of doing it, but it's always that's kind of always the first and foremost thing in our minds is making sure things happening happen on even footing.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's really interesting. So Gahani Gaming does more than just run these games, though. You've actually started to kind of make some of your own material. What kind of gaming resources do you have for new players and storytellers?
2: Oh, yeah. So we wrote a one-shot kind of one-on-one scenario for V5 that we published to our website uh, because th- there's, there's no V5 material for the Storyteller Vault yet. And we wanted to give both new players and um, storytellers who are new to the vamp- world of darkness a resource to kind of acquaint themselves with the themes and tone and the rule set very quickly. Uh, So we wrote this uh, scenario, Fatal Choices, which we published. Um, It's specifically designed to be run with one player and one storyteller just so they can learn the system. But you could adapt it very easily. um, And we're thinking about updating it to have rules for adding additional players in. Um, So that's kind of the main thing we have out currently. But we also have uh, our Twitch stream, where every week we do an episode focused on storytelling um, or the rules and systems for vampire the masquerade specifically um, but we're also branching out into other games now so basically anyone who's interested in a new horror game that they've never played before we we're producing content to kind of give an introductory course uh, class of sorts to that system, as well as the character creation process and the lore behind it. So we've done Vampire, but we've also done Cult Divinity Lost and Call of Cthulhu now. Beyond that, we also have, we're working on a um, video library, which will be tips and tricks for storytellers specifically to kind of Get more comfortable behind the storyteller screen and really expand how they run their games. Um, everyone wants to run a game like Jason Carl or Matt Mercer, it seems like, um, and they're scared too. Um, we want to give people as many resources as possible to feel more comfortable branching out and doing something unique with their own games and finding their own voice as a storyteller.
0: No, that sounds awesome. That's definitely a really rad thing to be putting out.
2: Like I said, there's a there's always a lot of conversations around, you know, oh I want to run a game like Matt Mercer, like Critical Roller LA by night. And we're like, don't run your run your own game. Find your own voice and do your own thing. Don't try to emulate someone else. And that's what we wanna kind of teach people how to do with this yeah. new game. I mean, that's
1: often one of my one of the things I often say is that as much as those are they they are games being played, they are games being played by A cast of also people with with an acting background and to a degree playing to the camera um i mean that's why they're successful because they're playing to the camera and that makes it very engaging but that translated to the tabletop is you know it's um how successful or how well that game would run with people trying to grab the limelight in the same way i don't I, I i don't have a gut feeling that that's a very good way in practice um there's a time and a place i feel uh and yeah and, and the other thing is i mean it's good that you're looking at cult and call of catholic because obviously those games have very different pacings and have very different themes and uh and again how you portray that and uh the level of buying for the players because cult is very is 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 even darker than vampire
2: in some respects um precisely and uh one of the things that we covered uh when we talked about cult recently was um keeping it as a comfortable game for the players as well because that that's a game that can get very dark very quickly um Yeah, we're really excited for Cult. Uh, We're actually going to be running an actual play on our Twitch stream, which our other co-founder, Mark, is going to be running. And we've already had a lot of meetings about that, specifically talking about how to capture the tone and the themes of Cult, while still keeping it as a publicly accessible game for an actual play online. Yeah.
1: There's only so much Hellraiser you can (laughs) put out on on Twitch.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know the the film that I, occurred to me recently is a, a good way to capture that. Uh, Dark yeah, City. Dark City
1: gets definitely gets some of the metropolis kind of feel uh, feelings of it, um, without being um, too body horrorous and and overt overt horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, there's tuneability in all these things, and that's a good lesson for any horror game. Is again tuning these things um and and the other thing is it's i mean um with you making i mean this mostly feeds into to what you have planned for packs unplugged uh and this also ties into uh what i understand modifius would like with organized play is to have is having you know not just for broadcast but also for having for 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 these public events where you are running Demos where people sign up is having games which are accessible. That the buying is yes, the players are, are aware it's horror. But once you've had that a conversation at the table, how to tune in or out the level of horror depending on what the player buying is, and that's that's a huge, I think, a huge discussion after things like after certain events like at UK Games oh, yeah. Expo, the um that what notoriously happened, um,
2: yeah. We actually have had some conversations about that internally with leading up to PAX. um, And we were really excited actually when Monty Cook put out their consent checklist. Um, So we've kind of taken that and made a modified version of it specifically for horror gaming, which we're using um, for new players and we're going to be using at PAX. And that way we can not only um, kind of gauge people's comfort levels, but also pair them together for the tables that we're running so that these people are all much more comfortable with body horror. This is the game for them. Let's put them together at that game versus people who might have particular phobias that they don't want to explore in a game. Maybe we'll kind of help pair the players with the storyteller more accurately.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Um, I can see the value of that. I mean, also the other thing is by modifying it specifically for horror is there's a certain there is a there's a minimum bar for i would say for horror games as in you have to accept there's going to be a certain degree of violence incorporated in this and it may well and depending on which game exactly. you're playing like if you're playing vampire there are certain themes that are more or less inherent I- inherent to the game um i know this is something which obviously i think uh you know p uh Pete who podcast with us was also i think had some of these kind of discussions with a or, or with organizers of a particular convention in Australia again and it's you know uh it, there's there's a lot of questions on how you just run these games at events and you know it's uh it's not it's yeah. not difficult to or or extra work to just create these checklists and just ask these simple questions but yeah, you know, i'm not i don't know why there's such outrage that's at having a checklist to go is this too much for you are you going to balk at the idea of this content if so yes we know where we stand this isn't the game for you i don't know why that's too much for but that's a different there's a different
2: conversation <laughs> exactly. about a certain subject of the hobby um anyway <laughs> No, you're absolutely correct, uh, and we, we've also had that. I know I've been very prolific on Twitter, espousing that exact viewpoint. Like, it doesn't hurt to just ask. So, uh, one thing I'll mention with the, the the consent checklist, and particularly with the themes in Vampire, we've added a um, question about mind control and yeah. loss of player agency. Because presence and dominate play such a critical role in vampire, and that can be upsetting yeah, for entirely people. here
1: mm. so with all that in mind what uh what do you have lined up for packs unplugged what kind of uh games are you running, and what kind of kind of uh you know pitches do you have for each of those games because I'm sure people want to uh play particular episodes or stories and not maybe play other ones depending pump on what the content is
2: yeah so like i mentioned before uh we have we're going to be running four tables at a time and each of the storytellers that's going um is crafting their own original scenario so we're going to have a wide variety which is, I think, a, a really nice point. Because that way, people who either really love Vampire and want to play more than one game don't have to sit through the same game multiple times. They can get a different experience when they come back. But also, people who are new, if they really love it, can try something a little bit different. Um, each of our games is going to explore a different um, aspect of the main themes of World of Darkness, so political and personal horror, as well as supernatural horror. But uh, each of us is going to do something a little bit different as well. So personally, I'm going to be running um, a couple different scenarios. One of them is very focused on the political horror aspect of Vampire. So it'll be kind of like your traditional V5 Camarilla versus Anarch game. And I will allow the players to choose which faction they align with. The other one that I'm Planning is more focused on the occult and supernatural, Um, and it'll it'll actually be, it'll take place in Philly, Um, and I don't want to give too much away in case anyone is excited to play it, but it will take place, it'll be Investigating Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia.
0: That's a a creepy place right there, so that's definitely a great location.
2: It is an incredibly creepy place. Um, It was used for, they filmed a lot of the film 12 Monkeys Mm. in it, actually. And uh, I will also actually, for people who are super new, I'm going to be running a multiplayer adapted version of our Fatal Choices scenario.
0: That's a great introduction.
2: Um, Yeah, I I think it'll be good, especially if we have people who are like, I have no idea what this game is. Tell me about it. Um, It'll be the right intro for them. And then I I don't know what all of the other storytellers are doing. most of them are some of the other founders so it's not like we're we need to vet uh what they're running but i do know that one of them is going to be running some more political stuff uh one of them is going to be running a thin blood scenario so all of the players will be playing thin bloods for people who are interested in exploring that side of v5 um and then i i believe we have a a special guest storyteller joining us um uh yeah yeah i think that's me you're referring to it it might be you yes uh i don't know if you want to share any of the stuff you've been working on but i i might be a jerk and snipe one of the spots at one of your tables one night because i'm pretty interested in it
0: all right cool yeah i mean things are a little tentative at the moment but uh, i believe i will be uh playtesting project blacklight that chris is working on and uh you know just kind of giving that another uh Another trial outside of the UK, because I think that's really valuable. Um, actually, side note, we uh, were doing playtests of the Aramane contract. Uh, I think it was really valuable to have uh, people from a different culture kind of take a look at that one, because, uh, you yeah, know, we just noticed some things, made some changes, and uh, I think it's a better adventure for that. And in addition to that, uh, modern V5 scenario, I could be doing, a, I believe, a Dark Ages game. I've got an idea. I just have to figure out how it's going to work out. And uh, it's going to be very, uh, very survival horror. Uh, we'll have to see how it all plays out, but uh, yeah, definitely really excited for that, and uh, excited for Packs Unplugged as well. Um, I think having like, as I mentioned, four tables going for the entire show is uh, definitely really rad, really exciting. I think the I was going to say, Mike, the
1: the feedback from Arrowman Man contracts being really interesting because I think the the fun thing always, uh, both for UK and for US, has always been, oh look, it's a vampire scenario where because it's got a UK setting. No one's got firearms. <laughs> and that really yeah. changes the tone of vampire because, you know, even though vampires in the game are powerful, they're not, you know, complete, you know, murder killing machines on their own. But the moment you remove firearms as being commonplace or or fairly commonplace or easily accessible, let's just say, it really changes the the um, the feeling of
2: power between a vampire and people in, in authority. That's that's actually really interesting to me. Um, never having played uh Vampire with anyone from the UK. Uh n I've actually never thought about that as a main difference.
1: It's it's pretty huge because I think Mike, you also ran um you you ran uh Make Blood Boyle. Yep. yep. And you said that one of the things that was really interesting was when the player characters are infiltrating the hospital uh in Manchester. And of course, security there are not armed there are no armed guards there are there are no firearms uh if any police were to turn up with firearms they would have to they would more than likely be summoned under the pretense that there is a very aggressive uh incident going on um the best that police are mostly going to turn up with is mace and tasers which are pretty useless against vampires
0: yeah, that's yeah. right. And uh, Chris, and we ran uh, You're Doing Hunger Within way back when. It was such a big deal when we got a fire axe. Oh. That, that just changed the tone. Just <laughs> just finding an axe in a shed made us feel so much safer.
1: And similarly, um, Geist the Sin Eaters, um Ashes of Memory, again, set in Paris, but, but firearms not commonplace, so or even readily accessible. So again, all the abilities of a, of a Sin Eater to, to do violence using their, using their um, what they call them, manifestations, is, again, those feel quite powerful because you can't just turn to and pick up a firearm of description X, Y, Z.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely pretty cool. And uh, just a really interesting difference, which uh, is always fun to see when, uh, you know, American players uh, pick up the game that's set somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting back to uh, Gehenna Gaming a little bit. so. Uh, Ian, is there anything else planned for uh, PAX Unplugged? Any other cool tidbits you want to share? Or anything you want to just share about
2: like the setup that you have? You know, uh, this is really our first outing as a, as a company. Um, so we're really just looking to double down, focus on delivering an awesome experience for our players. Um, I will say that we do have some more conventions lined up for early 2020. And we might be doing a little bit more outside of running games at those. But for PAX, um, we're just really excited to run games for people and hope people want to stop by and chat with us as well. Uh, we'll be, we'll have an info table in the hallway outside of the gaming room. And at least one person will be there at all times to answer questions. We'll have an email sign up uh, if people want to learn more about what we're doing or get involved with any of our regional or online games. and. We will also be talking with a few publishers at the convention, so I'm sure that there will be some interesting news coming out of that. Um, I will say I'm picking up my pre-order copy of the Alien RPG, so I might run an impromptu one-shot for that outside of our normal gaming schedule. Uh,
1: Alien, nice. yeah, I'm looking forward to picking
2: up a um, out
1: a copy at Dragon meet for that. That's um, yeah. yeah, looks really good looks really right.
2: Um, yeah, very excited for that one. It's alien. It's one of my favorite film franchises. So I, I expect to love the tabletop game just as much.
0: So Ian, we're kind of running out of time here. But uh, would you like to drop some kind of tantalizing hints about what's next for Gehenna Gaming?
2: Uh, any plans for the future? Ooh, So much. Uh, so like I said, we've got some more conventions coming up in 2020. We're going to be at Aresia here in Boston. Uh, and then we are hoping to be able to publish a more full calendar coming soon. But I will say we'll have a presence at Gen Con this year's next year as well. Um, beyond that, our Twitch stream, um, we're going to have an actual play for Cult Divinity Lost starting up in uh, early 2020. We are also going to have a Call of Cthulhu game starting up in early 2020 that I am currently recruiting players for. So you you should be seeing more coming out on our social media about that. And if you're interested in playing Call of Cthulhu with me as your keeper, uh, you'll be able to sign up. Um, We will be starting an actual play for a V5 scenario set in our shared universe on our Twitch channel a little bit later in 2020. And we also have some more regional games starting up. Uh, possibly outside of New England, so we're we're talking to a few people who might be running games in our shared universe uh, across uh, the United States, and hopefully over in Europe and the UK as well. Beyond that, I I know that we have uh, a few things that I'm sure my co-founders would like me to mention. So make sure you check out our website uh, where we'll have updates on all of the things I just mentioned, um, and then we also have a pretty Driving discord community that we run some online games with once in a while uh so if you're interested in joining any of our online games that's the place to talk to us about it you can find a link to that on our website
0: yeah and we could put a link in the show notes to both your website and your discord
2: absolutely thank you Ooh, beyond that, we are looking for—we're always looking for more players and uh, game masters who are interested in joining our community and running games under our banner. So, if you like horror gaming, uh, reach out. Uh, We—we're we, going to be doing a bit of a recruitment drive over the next couple months. So, let us know what your level of interest is and how, what you would like to be involved with, and we will be in touch. I think that's uh pretty much everything. I'm probably forgetting something, but, uh, like I said, keep an eye on our social media or our website and, uh, we'll be posting about it pretty soon.
0: Nice. Ooh. Awesome. All right, Ian. So we have one last question for you, a question that we ask all of the uh, interviewees here on the show, all the guests. Of course. If you could be a household appliance, which would you be and why? Ooh,
2: hmm. you know, it would have to be a kitchen appliance. And I'm okay. going to have to go with either a blender. Or not a blender, a mixer or an oven. A mixer or an oven. Interesting. Yeah. OK, you, you like baking a lot? Uh, I, I do love baking and cooking, yes. Oh. And I feel like those are pretty essential aspects of you know, living. So I'd have to go with one of those. Nice. All right. Excellent.
0: That's a, that's a new one. It's always interesting to, uh, to encounter <laughs> new answers to that question. Oh, excellent. So I think that's kind of uh, wrapping things up here on the show. Ian, uh, thank you very much for, uh, for coming on here and just like you know, talking about Gehenna Gaming a whole lot and uh, sharing uh, all the exciting things that you guys are doing over there.
2: Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yep. Great. Thank you.
0: And uh, Chris, uh, if people want to get in touch with us, uh, where can they find Darker Days Radio? So, if people want to get in contact with
1: us, there is our email darkadaysradio at gmail.com They can find us also on Facebook at Dark Days Radio and on Twitter and Instagram at Dark Days Radio. We have a YouTube and Twitch which we do stuff infrequently to things like unboxings more than likely Necromunda uh Dark Uprising being the new one uh they can also find our WordPress which has various things such as painting uh reviews there's uh there's a re- stuff like reviews for inside the box games subterra 2 which is going to finish on Kickstarter fairly soon but I'm sure you can get on it as a, a follow-up at a later date uh, then, if you want some extra content, of course, there are some uh, articles that are on uh, on Tabletop that cover things like role-playing and how to get started. And also on our WordPress are things like Battle Reports, where David, who is on our Darkhammer uh, episode, talks about his uh, campaigns that he's playing in. I think that is basically
0: it. Yep, definitely is. All right chris thank you very much for uh, being here on the show on a uh on a sunday really appreciate it and uh ian thank you so much for coming on and uh, just sharing everything about Gehenny gaming very excited about pax unplugged uh which is of course december 6th through 8th in philadelphia pennsylvania tickets are still on sale and uh it's gonna be a rad time yeah make sure you uh, at least stop
2: by and say hi to us if you are there
0: yeah definitely and to all the listeners out there take it easy and have a good night This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com.